I would like to welcome Gary Dixon to Emran's podcast. Gary has been to Emran's podcast a while back. Uh, we talked about his running journey and many, many things. Um, as we are all headed to London to pace, um, I thought bringing Gary back. Uh, he has great experience running London. He'll be running 18th London and um, as a runner and, and eighth as a pacer. So Gary has many running experience. He and I, we have we run Chicago and London. Now we recently we ran uh, Rome. We, we know each other for a very long time. So I would like to welcome Gary. Gary, um, welcome to Emirates Podcast. Good morning, Suman. Hope you're well. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's a busy time in 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 our little world of of, of, of pacing marathons, and, and as you say, you know we're both privileged enough to pace some really really great events, and and we've got London coming up um, a week on a week on Sunday. Definitely, and as a pace coordinator, you have a big event for you. Uh, you will be coordinating Manchester this coming weekend. Talk about that a little. Yeah, Man- Manchester is the second largest uh, marathon in the UK, um, about twenty eight thousand runners. I inherited or, or got involved with picking up the pace team about three years ago. I do it on a voluntary basis, which, which is great because what it enables me to do is to reach out to not just runners that I know that are good marathon runners, but, but they're good people. So, you know, they're going to make good paces. So this weekend we have a team, relatively small team uh, of uh, 26 paces ranging from two hours, 45 uh, through to through to six hours. And again, you know, some, some of the guys who are pacing this Sunday, they'll be pacing um, London as well the week after. So, yeah, I'm really fortunate in that respect. You know, I've got a really, you know, strong uh, database of, of people to actually call upon. And as a coordinator, the main thing is, 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 is that reliability. What you don't want is, is, is you know, people, um, you know, picking and choosing and stuff like that. And we have a really, really good team. Uh, going to Manchester this Sunday. Definitely. As a pace coordinator myself, I'll tell you, one of the biggest things for me is like a last-minute drop. So it's this adds so much stress for us. So so I hope you, you have your team ready to go. Sounds like it. Yeah. So, sounds like they are. Yeah, really good. Um, and, you know, we had a couple of last-minute ones this week. You know, one at um, uh, three hours and one at three hours 30. And, you know, luckily, you know, you call upon the database and uh, getting people to, to put the hand up um, at really short notice um, is a real relief above, any, uh, above all else. And it's really great that people actually want to actually give back because, you know, people at the sharp end, you know, they use the term racing, which, you know, when, when you get further you know, deeper into the field and whatever kind of thing, a lot of us, you know, are just about, uh, certainly I am anyway, about actually enjoyment and, and, and all that kind of stuff and whatever. So when you get people who are capable of doing, you know, sub 240 marathons, putting their hand up and saying, yeah, I'll pace three hours. Yeah, I'll pace 330. I think it's fantastic. You know, really, really do. Um, because they're going out of their comfort zone because they normally, you know, uh, are out on the course for a lot shorter time. But also they're not used to thinking about anybody, anything other than themselves. So, yeah, really, really good crew um to have supported me this coming sunday excellent uh good luck with uh all the all the things are gonna about to happen for you it's always fun uh once all the racer and pacer goes as a pace coordinator it makes me feel happy so <laughs> that's, yeah yeah look look looking forward to it yeah definitely um our main topic uh, today i brought you in here is really talking about london marathon 
Um, you know, this will be my third London. I'm going back, uh, pacing 445. Uh, fortunately enough, we will be in the same group. Um, we may not be pacing together, but definitely the same group. We've been trying to get to the same group for a very long time, but, but definitely we'll have the same start, same wave. Um, so let's talk about the London Marathon as an experienced runner, uh, London uh, runner, uh, as, as new people are coming in to running London Marathon. I would like you to kind of give some some ups and downs and you know peaks and valleys of London Marathon and um, kind of uh, let's talk about that a little um, so so that our listener our our friends or family as they headed to London they can see what they what they can expect um, as they get to London. Let's talk about weather. I think you know, London weather has been for me so far. It's been rainy some part, a little bit hot last year. I, I forget, it's chilly sometimes. So uh, what's the weather outlook for us this year? The weather outlook this year, it looks, looks as though it's going to be about 20 to 22 degrees. So it's going to be on the warm side again. Um, looks as though it's going to be dry, which which is great. And and the good thing about it being warm as well, from if you like a, if you like a selfish perspective, is, is that basically, you know, when it's wet and your feet get wet and, and, and there aren't as many crowds on the streets and whatever, uh, it just makes it more difficult. London's crowds and spectators are, are just absolutely amazing. So because the weather's going to be warm, you know, what the new mm-hmm. runners um, will actually experience is crowds like nothing they've ever experienced before, in my opinion, because there's, you know, there's very, very little of the course that you won't actually have spectators. Um the other thing about the if you like the if you like the warmer temperatures and that as well is that the longer you get into the race um the more um joyous and 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 happy some of the spectators actually become because uh basically their hydration has been uh, has been on the go for a few hours and uh, <laughs> and and it definitely makes for a for a great party atmosphere as you actually go through the streets so weather weather's going to be warm and uh yeah i'm looking forward to that side of it as well definitely um yeah london always brings a lot of crowd you know over the last two times i ran and that's kind of where how i fall in love with running london marathon or pacing london marathon uh let's uh let's talk about um expo uh expo is a you know uh london has a great expo i've been there a couple of times now let's talk about a little bit of expo what what kind of um venue it is and what what should people expect? Okay, so so it, it, it it's on the outskirts of London. Um, and basically, it's it's at the Excel Arena. And what people should actually expect? So first, firstly, when you actually walk through um, the doors of the Expo to go and get your number, uh, the London Marathon theme music just just catches you, and particularly if you're British, because the reason why I say that is is that on TV. Uh, the, the actual theme tune and everything it just plays on repeat so, so, so that's the first thing that gets you if like you know your, your hair standing on end um, you, you obviously go to registration you get your number and then the expo is is typically the same as many big city marathons you'll have a lot of different stands London sponsored by New Balance so, so you'll go through a New Balance area so that if people want to buy um, London Marathon 2023 kit it's actually there for people to actually you know get their kit in advance and hopefully from my viewpoint not wear it until they've actually earned it um and then more recently within 
the London Marathon Expo, they've actually introduced uh, a booth for, for pacers like yourself and myself to to actually uh, go to on a voluntary basis. So we'll, we'll, we'll do our um, small shift there where runners can come to us, you know, ask for advice in terms of what our pacing strategy is going to be, in terms of, you know, what we actually advise and recommend and so on and so forth. And in addition this year, you know, the other change that's actually coming in is that, is that there's going to be pace bands for runners to actually pick up. So that, again, if they have a target time, they'll be able to pick up a pace band, which actually sort of tells them what their splits, you know, need to actually be and things like that. And then if you like the final part uh, of the expo is, is that you have some experts there who will, will actually do um, talks about whether it's nutrition, whether it's about pacing, whether it's about, you know, the course and what to expect on the day. So as I say, it, it's typical of, of, of many, if you like, uh, big city expos. But it, as I say, it is on the outskirts of London. It, you know, it's not, it's not in downtown London. Definitely. I mean, it, for me, it feels like downtown, but but yeah, yeah, it is, and it's easily accessible by train. So that's one thing. So one of the things that I always get confused with: there's a tap in, tap out when you come in a train. Yeah, those of you come to London, make sure you tap out of your train card or whatever you use. So that's good advice. What Suman's talking about there is is whether it's on the underground or whether it's on Dockland's Light Railway, which you actually get to the expo, or whether indeed it's on a London bus, you tap onto the bus or, or train, and then you, when you come off, you, you tap off it. And basically, whatever they're going to charge you gets you know calculated at the end of the day. But if you don't tap out, it's more expensive than uh, than, than it would be if, if you actually um, recorded your journeys properly. Definitely. One of the things um, when I was... When I was in London, October, one thing I noticed that my credit card, I, I didn't have to buy any more ticket. I just was using the ticket with the tap in, tap out. I'm using credit card uh, to get in and out. I didn't know that information. So so now I don't spend time in a ticket, ticket booth and try to figure out what I need. And one thing, like what Gary just said, it's really calculated, you know, depending. There's a, there's a day fee and then, you know, depending on how far you go and then you will get charged accordingly. So that's one thing for sure. Gary, one thing you mentioned about this uh, theme music, I, I've never heard the music, so I guess uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to listen to London Marathon theme music. So I'll, I'll play it for you at the start of the marathon soon. You'll hear it from a speaker. <laughs> Definitely. I'll, I'll look it up too. So I didn't, I didn't know that that existed, or I may have heard of it, but it didn't didn't really realize it's there so definitely that's new for me and i will have to explore that and um, of course that the center stage that you talked about um there's a lot of uh, experts out there um definitely it will be good to listen listen in so that's expo um let's talk about um traveling to the race uh, i know that race morning um last year was a little you know a little challenging for me because I was going by myself. My first year, I had a whole bunch of people that took me to Starline. Last year, I had a little challenge, but as soon as I got to train station, I found people just follow them along. So one thing also is the, is the ticket is free. to So, so if you, you don't have to pay to go to the, the start. Some people complain that they had to pay, but, but I think you don't have to pay. Can we no, talk? you don't. Mm-hmm. But you, you have, as long as you show your bib, before the race and after the race, 
then you can travel free on public transport. I think it's up till about five o'clock at night on on the on the Sunday. But uh, but yeah, no, you you show people your bib number and and they and they just put uh, they just wave you through. Yeah, if you have any problem there, make sure that that um that talk to the I don't know, the ticket master or however that works yeah. on the train. Yeah. So yeah, it's easy enough. Yeah, but let's talk about the getting to uh, um, uh, start. You know, it's a little off, a little far. Not nothing like Chicago. You know, start and finish is pretty close to each other. Let's talk about that. To getting to yeah. start. So, so the big difference with London and uh, other big city marathons is it has three different start places. So, the, the mass start is is the blue start in Greenwich, and the second largest start is 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 the red start, which is a little bit further over and then if you like the vips the celebs and and people like that they go from from the green start um all you know very walkable once you get off the train either at blackheath or greenwich or or, or whatever um and basically as long as you know what color wave you're actually going from it, it, it's relatively simple but i think now since covid the way in which london actually works is far far better because in the past what used to happen is that irrespective of what wave you're actually in, you all had to be in the start corrals from about 9.30. So if you were in wave nine or wave 10 towards the back, you would be standing in your wave for about an hour and a half. Mm. So at least now the way it works is that you get called forward to your wave about 15 minutes before you're due to go off. Then you'll walk forward a bit. And, and then basically the longest period you're going to be so like standing about in, in, in that so like wave position and whatever is about 15 minutes, which is fantastic compared to, to, you know, what's actually happened previously. And indeed what actually happens, you know, you Chicago is the example, you know, Chicago were in the waves, you know, far, far earlier than, uh, than 15 minutes before we actually set off. And basically the way it actually works is so that if you use the two busier waves, red and Uh, blue is that they'll all merge as will green at about mile three so basically you you've got when it's busiest you know at the start and so on and so forth while people are actually finding their pace you know it's different courses for the different starts you're actually at but from mile three all three different starts all come together definitely one other thing i don't understand that i think there's a couple of things so let's talk about that yeah. uh one of the thing i I was always having a hard time to understand why there are so many different start colors. You know, I understand because the the street size or how, why why is it like that in London? Yeah, because because basically, you know, you're you're, you're going from blue start on uh, a week on Sunday, and if you try to get fifty thousand runners funneled through, if you like, the streets and whatever at the start you really would you know your waves would probably be an hour longer in terms of starting time than, than they are now so so basically what it actually does in having the three different starts it allows the as i said before the rate you know the, the runners to actually sort of like find their pace and whatever and when they come together at mile three the roads are a little bit wider there and it, it just gets away from that congestion that you would have with an event of like fifty thousand. Uh, people you know use um new york as, as an example new york they have um different starts because you have you know you have the upper bridge and the lower bridge and whatever because again they'd have exactly the same problem they try to get every everyone over the over the top bridge 
Um, Chicago is a little bit wider at the start, mm. so so that's why London actually do it. It's it's to avoid that early congestion when, and that's when people are a bit more fraught. You know, they're trying to find their way, and and the last thing you want is is people to to be getting anxious because they can't actually get running because because they're in a crowd. That's that's why they do it. Got you. And uh, one one question there is uh, so like you and I, we starting. 445 pace group uh, i think yeah. way 14 so well 445 in like a red we're in blue will they start at the same time yes they will okay so, yes yes they will so when yeah. we but it, but it, but it might be a different wave number because there's fewer numbers there mm. so you know they might start at the same time but they'll be called wave 11 or something like that so, so the wave numbers might be the same but the you know the, the correlation of the of, of the times and whatever is actually there so that groups actually so like come together got you so yeah. yeah i think last year when i was pacing we we were we were we saw a flag really far far away and we didn't know what what it was and mm-hmm. ahead of us and we finally when we caught up there were a seven hour pacer so it's just like okay yeah. and then they started a different wave yeah and, and that's what's happening now with um with some big city marathons is that some of the slower runners are actually being started off earlier so that what you don't actually have is this you know, the, all all big events will actually have uh, a road, you know, a road or a course closure cutoff time. Mm-hmm. So, in allowing, um, you know, some of the slower runners to actually start earlier, whether it's seven hours or, or, or whatever it happens to be, then in effect, it, it's taken away a little bit of that anxiety. But also, as you know from a pacing viewpoint, our protocols are such that, you know, we actually advise the group that are actually with us that we're going to, you know, we're going to pull out to the right and we're actually going to overtake on the right-hand side, you know, so, so there's no concerns, again, from the slower runners that they're basically they're going to be mowed down by this uh, this uh, faster group coming through. And it works really well. You know, we're doing the same in Manchester. You know, the uh, uh, the 5.30 and, and, and six-hour paces are actually, and 5.15 indeed, they're actually going off before the 4.45 and five-hour paces. Got you. And, and I saw that kind of, uh, really worked how that worked at uh, Rome. So the way mm-hmm. you know we, you know, I think you and I are on the same pace group, but you started ten minutes behind or something. So in a different way, um, so and also four hour pacer passed us. Uh, so things like that. At I saw four hours, yeah. four thirty, and so on. Um, one of the thing uh, here um, at Little Rock, uh, they have eight hour group, I think, and they start at six a.m. So it's like yeah. two hours before we do. By the time I catch up, they're like mile thirteen or something like that. So, which 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 is good. It just it just calms the concerns of those people who think that they're going to be in people's way and stuff like that. They're not. They've, they've got every right to be on the course, the same as you know, the you know the two and a half hour guys. Um, and you say it's just all about protocol. It's all about respecting the other runners and whatever. And it works well. It works well. Definitely. So that's our start. One of the things I noticed, uh, because of all this wave, uh, the bathroom lines are very short. You know, as you wait, I mean, last year I was pacing six and a half hours. There was literally nobody. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so, you know, usually bathroom lines is one of the biggest concerns, yeah. especially for me. It's like I got, I had to pit stop too many times before I start. So the, the anxiety and nervousness, I don't know. After 150 marathons, I'm still, you know, dealing with those kind of things. So... But so we're, we're, we're both men of a certain age as well. So, <laughs> you know, we, 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 we can't fight it. We're yeah. going to go, we're going to go. Yeah, definitely. One of the things I just want to mention um, here is, um, from my experience, is uh, getting inside the Runnersville. It's, it's pretty nice. Get there early. You can see all kind of people dressed up. 
you'll find them on the course, but definitely they will be there taking pictures and, you know, meeting and greeting. It's a pretty nice environment. You know, it's an open field kind of thing. So, and, you know, so it's a pretty nice. I, I really enjoy being there. Yeah. And, and I think the thing about London, which is, is again, different than uh, pacing events in America, is the fact that we actually have the backpacks and flags were highly visible. But obviously in the States, we have to carry the flag and, and not so visible. And so people will see you with a backpack and a flag and they want to talk to you about, you know, what, what your strategy is going to be or, you know, uh, where do they find certain things and so on and so forth. So, so it really is. It's, it's really rewarding because, because in the nice possible way, you know, it's all that nervous energy. And, and what they want to do is, is, is just talk to people. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I agree with it. You know, that, that start pen uh, atmosphere at London is, is, is very, very unique. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I had that experience last year. I had a gentleman who was very nervous, looked very nervous, uh, and he came to talk to me before the race, and we, we talked, chatted for a while, and came through the race, and, you know, I, I looked at him every so mile, so many miles, and he was, like, doing excellent. And I lost him, and then he met, he found me in Facebook and messaged me. He's like, hey, you know, I've finished. So anyway... It's because all the trying to calm the nerve is really good when you get to that villas and enjoy. I think there's some foods and people and there's things, things out there in that runner villa. It's a little different if you don't have that experience. It's a good to be there. Try to get there a little early so so you can enjoy yeah. it. So that's that. Um, that's kind of starting. Let's let's go through the race. Uh, um, like I said, um, pre pre interview, I think I'm. When I ran first time, when I paced first time, I missed so many different things. And London Marathon, London course provides. Um, so let's go through the course, kind of give give us some highlight words. What should we look for? Which miles and so on? I know we that we got that. Okay. Let's talk through that. So as I said, everyone comes together around mile three. Um, the first big highlight around mile six is Curry Sark, which is um, it's a fantastic. Um, site, you, you know, you obviously just, like go all the way around it. The crowds are so deep there, and yeah, it's a good place for you know, it's a good landmark. You know, people are basically like 10k into their uh, into their warm up because I always talk to people about a 20 mile warm up and, and, and a 10k jog. But crowds, the crowds are, are immense there, and, and then obviously as you go around Crutty Sark, and then literally once you you to like turn right after you've gone gone past it, and whatever, again, you know, the crowds really do sort of like start closing in there um and you know so that's where by then you've definitely got to have found if you like your, your rhythm and your natural pace and whether you're running on the left or you're running on the right hand side of the road hold on before but, you go too far yeah. talk, talk about what is cutty sark is i i didn't realize it was a big uh sip uh war sip kind of thing it, the, when i first time when i ran it like you said that 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 area is a little narrow and you have to make a turn um, talk about that. What what is that? Well, I was lucky enough to actually get invited um, to a to a dinner there about two three months ago. Because again, the only time I've ever seen Cutty Sark is when I'm actually running around it. And basically, the Cutty Sark is in effect a it's a museum. You know, it it, it was a it was like a British um, what they call clipper ship, which was basically used to transport tea way back when long before you and i were uh uh were around and um obviously when it finished um it finished its working life for want of better words it was um 
it was basically um, sort of like put in, in that part of London near Greenwich and whatever. And as I say now, you know, you can actually buy tickets to actually go around it. it it's, it's really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, historically, you know, when it was first like set up, that's that's exactly what it was. It, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was about the transported tea. Mm, definitely. I was just wondering about that. I always wonders like oh, what it is. And people always make a big deal out of Cuddy's Arc. I guess one of the biggest thing for us as a runner is a 10K mark. Like you said, the first warm up, yeah. you know. You know, every 5K I, I do kind of check. So so anyway, but that's pretty good. Uh, let's keep going. Okay. So relatively speaking, you know, the next five, six miles are, you know, just, just running through the streets of London. And, and then uh, around mile 12, 12 and a half, to me, it, it's the best part of the course because then you actually come over Tower Bridge and – the, the thing about Tower Bridge is, is that forget the fact that you've got the Tower of London and so on and so forth and whatever, is as you're actually like coming across it, um, what you'll actually experience is, is you, you, you're looking, looking ahead in terms of what you can actually like see in terms of the runners actually doing. But but then sometimes I actually take the opportunity to run backwards and actually take photos of, of, of the group and whatever, because you actually capture um, Tower Bridge and whatever in photos and stuff like that. It, it, it is absolutely fantastic. And as I say, what, what, I, what I will then do with my group is that I'll leave them, I'll run ahead 40, 50 yards, and then I'll try and capture it on video as well. So, that you know, again, you know, the group actually have some, um, some memories being created of, of, of a really iconic part of the course. Um, because once you come across Tower Bridge and you turn right, there's there's a couple of things. Firstly, what you actually see on the left-hand side of the road are people who are, are at mile 23. So, so basically, mm. you see people who are, you know, the best part of like 10 miles ahead of you, which can be a little bit soul-destroying for people. And so when you actually make that right turn, you've got to try and focus people on, you know, what they've actually achieved. They're coming up to the halfway mark. And the positives around what they've actually done, as opposed to you know looking over to your left and seeing people you know who are almost there, you know. So uh, so that's just before halfway. Before we move on from Tower Bridge, a couple of things I have seen people, you family actually can go up. I think you, you go up and look down. I have seen some of the pictures and videos. I don't know if it's open. I was I heard that it's open. It's pretty pretty good view. I have seen some pictures. Some professional pictures. I don't know if, if we're allowed to go. That's one thing. The crowd is just incredible in that area. To yeah. like, like a curry sauce. It's like that's that's. I, I used to think that uh, there was a halfway point, and last year I realized this. Like you got to go a little further down. Yeah, you have. Yeah. Yeah. So so definitely that that area, like you said, it's one of the most incredible <laughs> thing you you pass before you know. <laughs> It, it, it is and, and and then you know from then to about mile 18 19 to me you've got a lot of you know it's it's the streets of london you know lots of crowds out there supporting you and so on and so forth but nothing of of, of any note to actually take in and then around mile 18 19 you come through the financial district at, at canary wharf and again the crowds are just absolutely incredible selfishly from my viewpoint uh, because if it is a warm day and and, and I can, um, what's the word? I, I can catch the attention of, of somebody that might have a cold beer 
I'll actually take the opportunity just past the aid station in, in Canary Wharf, Wharf to try and see if I can uh, maybe get a, you know, a mouthful or two of cold beer because it's good carbs and it's very refreshing. And it, it selfishly, you know, I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoy that part of the course. Definitely. And so one of the things they say, like, a, I guess it's a South London. Is that, is that the area? Yes. Which, okay. Yes, it is. Yeah. It feels like sometime i remember one last first year i was pacing he was like ah oh, south london is boring and stuff <laughs> and there's somebody from south london like no so it's no. it's 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 fun you know it's a part of the course like you said part of looking at the different part of london that we as a yeah. as a you know visitor we never go so yeah. but but i think the big thing about any you know any major city any marathon course you're going to get iconic parts that, that people remember and so on and so forth and you're going to get parts which in the nice possible way you you know you're grinding out the miles you you as a pace you're actually like encouraging people make sure you've still got all your you know all your runners with you and so on but yeah it, it's, it's so canary wolf i think i think is great and then i suppose really the next landmark is around mile 21 you then actually come onto the switchback where you see people on the other side of the road. So, so you know, we see people at 4.45. We see people on the other side of the road who are, you know, towards, if, if you like, the, the the back end of the field. And it's really, really nice to be able to, you know, congratulate and, and to be able to encourage those people, you know, just to keep going and whatever. Because, you know what, whatever time it actually takes, you get the same medal, the same T-shirt, the same chance of, sense of achievement. And so typically speaking there, I'll run on the left-hand side of the road so I can actually mm. make sure that, that, that we acknowledge those people. And, and uh, um, because having been going the other way, you know, uh, uh, a couple of hours before, you know how they're actually feeling when they see, um, they see people on the other side of the road. At mile 23, along that stretch, you then come straight ahead, you see the Tower of London. So if you look to your left, you'll see Tower Bridge, but straight ahead of you, you'll actually see the Tower of London, which basically means you've got 5K to go. Um, so that's that's the next landmark. Um, after mile 23, we have about a mile or so, maybe three-quarters of a mile, where we even go, through, if you like, uh, through an underpass. And then you basically... You, you come to the part of the course where it's just beauty all the way because you come onto London Embankment and so you can see the, the big eye in the distance, you can see Big Ben and basically you know there you've got 2.2 miles to go and uh, as you Americans would say or Simon and Garfunkel would say, you know, you're homeward bound. Definitely. Those areas are like for me, is a favorite part once I come across and you know start running that area. I was like, oh, wow, mm -hmm. yeah. I got some good photo from from those areas uh, mm -hmm. from last year, but definitely um, you you make a few turns and then you know running in in front of the park and Buckingham Buckingham Palace. Um, you know, you, you'll actually be right in front of Big Ben with probably about three quarters of a mile to go. And again, even though I'm pacing, what, what I do tend to do is that I, I will take photos of the group. I will, as we're actually running along and whatever, I'll try and send them out on Facebook and whatever so that these, you know, I capture the memories and then people can find them because after the race, depending upon whether they've dropped back or they've run ahead and whatever, you might actually, so like, you know, capture them. And, you know, when you've got landmarks like that in the background, it, it really is it's great to be able to to if you like run the event but but you know to, to be privileged enough to actually like pace it and other people to actually trust you is is incredible and as you say you know we turn right at uh, big ben 
And then probably you know, four or five hundred meters later, you know, we actually see Buckingham Palace um, on the left-hand side, which again is 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 just amazing. And funny story, probably about fifteen years or so ago, I actually ran the London Marathon with a friend of mine uh, in full cricket kit. And I know as an American, you don't understand what cricket kit is, but basically it means you've got pads on your legs, you've, you've got a cricket bat, you've got gloves. And because England, it was 2005 actually, so, so because England had just beaten Australia in the Ashes, we, we were even carrying a three-foot urn, which is the trophy they actually play for. Mm-hmm. And so we, we actually got to um, Buckingham Palace and the Mall. And they they played the the Test match special um, theme tune for, for for cricket that the BBC normally play, mm. and so my friend and I, basically because we both had our bats, I had a couple of tennis balls in in, in my back uh, in my backpack, mm-hmm. and so we uh, we, we I, I I tossed in one and he he smashed it into the crowd and he tossed and smashed it into the crowd. So um, that's the kind of thing that that London actually brings, you know. The fact that it took us quite a long time to actually do it, and we were doing it in ridiculous kit and whatever, we were still accepted as part of the race. And 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 as you say, you, you know, Buckingham Palace is, is so iconic. And then you, you've got 200 yards to go down the mall, and and there you are at the finish. And in your case and my case, hopefully in something like four hours, 44 minutes, and 30 seconds, give or take, 10 seconds, give or take, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be amazing. This will be the first time I'm pacing that fast in London, so looking forward. I think I think the other thing that people should actually look forward to as well is that when you get to the finish, you know, you get your medal and so on and so forth, and you, you, you go and get your bag to, to get your clothes changed and, and things like that, that there's meet and greet for, for, for where your families are and so on and so forth. But again, it, it's right in the heart of Westminster, so you're surrounded by, you know, beautiful buildings, you know, iconic places you come out and, and you might see Trafalgar Square or, or, or whatever. So, you know, you really do finish in, in, in the heart of uh, heart of London. So, again, you know, very, very different than, than you know, for example, New York, you know, you finish in Central Park. In Chicago, you finish in, in, in Grand Park and whatever. There, you, you know, you actually finish right in amongst, um, you know, some of the most iconic places in London. Definitely. And... Um... If you're early enough, you can take a train home, but I always <laughs> for free. Yeah, but but I, I encourage people, like you said, stick around and and enjoy your day. So, so. oh, take taking the atmosphere because oh, because yeah. you know what it you've earned it, and, and that's the big thing is is that people the end. You know, some people are broken. You know, that 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 they're, they're in bits. You know, some people are high as anything because of what they've actually achieved and uh yeah just stay there sit on the steps do whatever soak in the atmosphere definitely and and, and the beauty of it is is that then when you finish and you actually emerge and even if you're on your own and you you go in on a tube or you go in whatever you've got that medal on anyone and everyone will congratulate you because you know the whole city knows it's 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 london marathon day Mm. and uh it's really good yeah, definitely. London comes out. I, that's for sure. Um, many races I've done over the years, uh, you know, so London is one of those races that's just everybody's out there. They know, like you said, that we're out there running London Marathon. So so <laughs> definitely. So over the years, you have done, like I say, 18. So tell, give us yeah. a good, goods and bads. Goods and bads. Well, I say one year I run it 
uh, as a cricketer. Um, another year I ran it as, as Mr. Incredible, which was really, really good because um, at the end, it's the only time I've ever been interviewed by, uh, by the BBC. And so I was on TV on the highlights program. And uh, my mum actually burnt a shirt because it was like, there's our Gary, there's our Gary, <laughs> and uh, left the iron on the shirt. So that, that, that was quite amusing. Um, I've done it in years where the rain has been biblical, which hasn't, hasn't been much fun. I've done it, obviously, about three, four years ago when it was really, really hot. And, you know, as a pace team, you know, a number of the paces actually like struggled to, to to keep their time. And, and I was fortunate enough because I knew where friends were actually were on the course and whatever. If one of the guys was actually pacing 5.30 on Sunday, Dave Goodwin, had he not have been there, because you see him at halfway, you see him on the left-hand side, and then I phoned him and said, Dave, do me a favour, get me a, a cold bottle of Coke or something sugary at mile 23. You know, I might have been one of the paces that didn't make my time. So... so there's, there's lots of different memories um, from London, but, but I think the main memory is that whether you're running or whether you're pacing, it's still 26 and a bit miles because it's not 26.2. You'll end up doing probably about 26 and a half. And irrespective of how many marathons you've done or I've done or anybody's done, it's still hard. And, and I think that the runners around us think that because we've done a few marathons and um we're, we're we're pacing so it must be easy for us it's not easy um but they would never know um what we're actually thinking or feeling because if you like I, I, what i refer to as the pacers mask will never reveal if we're having a little struggle or you know we could do with getting something to eat or drink or whatever kind of thing because you know we're, we're there to actually support them and and not give them any concerns that you know that that, that we might be um you know we might be struggling and, and stuff like that and i think the big 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 thing for me is that at the end of the race if one runner comes up to you and gives you a hug or or gives you a high five or whatever and just says thank you then then everything's been worthwhile and it's normally more than one. There are normally several people that come up and actually do it. You know, particularly yourself and myself, where we're playing music, so we're actually doing stuff to actually, so like, take runners' mind off off what they're actually so like doing in terms of of, of running that distance. Um, typically speaking, they will recognise us more uh, easily because of the noise we've made and uh, and whatever on the way round. Uh, but but yeah, those those just simple thanks and whatever at the end. Just to know that you've actually sort of like helped one runner, let alone you know a, a few, yeah, it it just makes it all worthwhile. And it is a, you know, I keep again I say, you know, pacing is an absolute privilege, and it's not something anybody should take for granted. Definitely, um, we we both have a pacers heart, and um, not only runner, the pacers heart a little different uh, from running racing. Um, one of the biggest thing for me is uh, when uh, not only and people thanking me at the finish, but actually finding me afterward because I'm out there in social media and some, like I said, this gentleman found me, you know, my personal message. He sent me personal messages. I was like, I was, I was so touched. I you know it's like, wow, yeah, I did it. Something good here. So, you know, definitely. Um, one of the thing that, um, that, uh, since you mentioned about maybe this year, we may have a hot weather, uh, regardless, uh, make sure that hydrate uh, for, um, you know, for all the runners, make sure you hydrate. That's a basic, basic thing. So 
So for hydration wise, I think London provides bottled water and our bottle of drinks. I don't know how that that works this year. Last year it was bottled water and it was um, cupped uh, drinks of Lucas Aid. But again, there we're, we're fortunate at the pace that we um, we are actually pacing out to, and we'll, we'll actually tell people every aid station will take a five to ten second walk so that people can actually make sure they get a proper drink and, and they're not worried about time. We'll factor that into our patient strategy um because otherwise if if you if they've got to run through um aid stations and whatever they won't hydrate properly and you know 15 20 miles in you know it, it could cost them so i think that's important as well definitely um that's what i usually i will start from the beginning depending on the weather like you said if, if it's hot weather like what what you mentioned and we start really early so yeah and slow it down and you know like and we we can factor in you and I can run 4:45, you know, any day. But we're there to get get people, folks, <laughs> to finish line. Uh, one of the things you mentioned about uh, bringing the entertainment, um, you and I, we bring in entertainment. We looked at each other's playlist uh, in the Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of similar music, but but definitely every race I go, I've start building my music depending on what race. And you know, sometimes it's hard for me, but. Uh, especially Rome was hard, but the few music I put, people loved it. And some of the experiment I was doing, uh, people loved all the, I put the Italian music, you know. So yeah. where, wherever you are, that's what you, music you bring in. That's, that's the, that's the well, base. That's, absolutely. Cause even in Rome, you know, we, we, you know, we had a party and we really, really did. And, and we really enjoyed it. And we tried to put different music on for different age groups and whatever. Some of the English cheesy stuff doesn't necessarily translate over there. We'll be doing this. I'll be doing the same this weekend in Manchester, and certainly the same in London. Yeah. So one of the things for me is uh, what didn't translate. I thought it'll translate is the the Latin music. You know, did not translate in in Europe, especially in Rome. So it's a good good tune, but but didn't work well. How, how do you think I feel when I when I come to the states and I have to put a lot of your you know American stuff on you know Sweet Home Chicago and things like that and I'm like I don't even know the words so I can't sing along to it so I'm I'm totally lost. Yeah, usually for me, so we're a little off the topic, but usually for me is whenever I I do this kind of music, I listen, I start building the playlist, and I throw throughout my weeks and so off running, I listen to the music over and over try to say can i relate to running so it doesn't matter so <laughs> but definitely i started with all the british music british artists and that first part of a london marathon playlist so so some of you will be following me yeah. so so definitely um when we finish i've got the uh, london marathon theme tune music here if you want it definitely so let's, just... let's play it play that we'll play it now and Gary's going to play London Marathon theme music. That's that's nice. So, what, when do they play at the? I know you talked about Expo. Is it played during the race it's, start? It's, it's played at the Expo, and also, what you'll actually find is that it's actually played at the start. Yeah. Okay, like in New York, they play New York, New York. So yeah, yeah, 
<laughs> See, I didn't know this. So definitely, yeah. this is a new thing. I need to catch it. Uh, I need to find that that music as well. I'll play a little bit as we leave the the suit. Um, Gary, I know we talked a lot about London pacing, London Marathon. You know, it's it's exciting time of the year. You know, Boston is happening this yeah. this Monday. London is Sunday. We're finally. It took a few years. Finally, everybody's in, in a schedule. It has been really great to talk to you. Uh, before we close this interview, uh, talk to us about how London Marathon pacing has changed. London London Marathon has itself has changed over the years. You've been, been part of London Marathon. And um, tell us about that. Yeah, historically, um, Runners World used to organize the pace teams for, for the London Marathon. And typically speaking there, it was people who run marathons, who knew people within Runner's World. I got into it because I paced the Yorkshire Marathon and Runner's World were organizing the paces there. And as long as you did your time, you, you would get invited back the following year. And it was a relatively small team, you know, 30 to 40 paces. So the opportunities weren't there to add overseas paces like yourselves, to actually add first-time paces and so on and so forth. And I think... Uh, London Marathon events have taken it on to a new level um, in terms of what they did last year in opening it out to, to, I think we had about 70 or 80 paces last year, some first-time paces, some people run in London for the first time. So giving opportunities to people who historically would never have been able to get into it because they didn't know anyone, uh, if you like, within the network, whether it be Runners World or the London Marathon. This year, you know, the, the team is, is 132 strong. And again, you know, over 60 of those runners have either have not run London before, which again is going to be a great experience for them. But also, you know, there'll be some of them will be running with, with um, experienced paces so that, so that they don't have to worry about that themselves. But in the main, um, the opportunity and the diversity now that the team actually brings is, is is absolutely fantastic. You know, I, I look back at last year and I ran in a three. You know, one one lady was a UK-based pacer, Mandy, done it before, really, really good. But but Raquel, uh, a Mexican lady living in Norway, um, never run London before, very experienced pacer. And, you know, it worked. It worked really, really well. We, we came in on time and... You know, we all contributed. And, and I think that's the important thing is, is is that, you know, people are now being given opportunities. It's, to, it's an application process. So it's very transparent as to how you actually get in, as opposed to, say, historically, if you did your time, you'd probably get in. And, you know, the team didn't change as much as, as, as it clearly does now. So I think it's really, really, really good that, that we see new, new faces uh, pacing and... New, new faces pacing means new friends and that's what running actually is all about just making new friends every time you go for a run definitely and looking forward to meeting 2023 pacing uh, team and all the runners that will yeah. come along with us in, in this year so thanks for your time I know we gotta go um, it, it has been a pleasure we'll see each other in, in a week time and uh, looking yeah. forward Yeah, I'll see you a week today, Friday. I'll have a cold beer with you. Okay, Simon. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for inviting me on. Cheers, pal. Bye.